You are now listening to Asking for a Friend with Talk Doc, sharing insights through real, honest, and practical ways to improve your communication and relationships. Featuring your hosts, Dr. Pamela Kreiser, Meredith Edwards Nagel, and Taylor Polindo. Margarita. <laughs> I want you to have a margarita. I, I could use like two of them, would be great. <laughs> I feel like two and a half, maybe. I think at this point, I haven't drank in so long tequila that two would yeah. send me right to bed. It'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, my goodness. How to express your feelings. <laughs> now, that is what our subject is tonight. Okay, so you know how whenever we do a topic, it shows up in our lives in a particular way? In an okay, annoying so way. you're not going to believe what happened. I want to know. Okay, we woke up the other day. And the dog stopped wagging his tail all the way, doesn't wag it. Like, that's it. And so he has this condition called broken wag, oh. where he can't express his feelings through wagging his tail. Now, he's on, he's on the mend, and it's a condition where there's a, a bunch of different things that can cause it, but it's something that can happen to his breed. So we were like, how sad. He can't express himself. And I was like, this dumb podcast is what caused that. <laughs> Oh, wait, that's after this, therefore, because of this. Uh, Sounds like a fallacy. I was like, wait, what? Didn't we talk about how that's not real? <laughs> like, I don't think that's logical, but is that crazy? That happened? I were like, it's so sad to see the dog. He's got his, we call it half wag now that he's got, he's, he's coming. Poor Benja. I know. Oh. So anyway, that's how it's showing up for me. My dog can't express his feelings. My dog's a big feeler. Is it just something that happens or is it, you know, how dogs, if they swim too much, they, their tail kind of like freezes. Is it because he overexpressed his emotions and that's the problem? Maybe. I mean, cause one of the causes apparently, and I'm not an expert at all on this. I'm like an internet expert, half paying attention, which makes me very, <laughs> very dangerous. But I know you can over wag and hit something and I'm going to put them on that likely list for sure. Oh, okay. I can injure it kind of. And then it, it, Okay. Essentially, the dog won't wag the tail a lot, you know, to repair it. Like, it'll take a break from wagging. I feel like that. A... <laughs> <laughs> so when you overexpress and then can, you... Can we be helped? Can those of us who struggle expressing these emotions, myself you... and Benja, who maybe <laughs> need help, how do we help ourselves? I don't so think Taylor has a broken wag. I think she has a resistance <laughs> wag. Mm. You have a half she, wag? She resists. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I don't know how. Okay. Well, tonight we're doing expressing emotions. And if you remember last episode, we talked about the beginning work that needs to happen before expressing. So what we identified is recognizing those emotions, understanding them and labeling them. Now that's a big list. <laughs> it's a lot. So that's like 17 podcasts, but we did it in one. By now you've, you're perfect at labeling. <laughs> so we oh, go yeah. on to the next two which are expressing and then regulating emotions. Mm -hmm. And if you're listening carefully, you're understanding that these are letters that you would spell out ruler. This format or this progression comes from Mark Brackett's book, Permission to Feel, and his work at Yale University in the emotional intelligence area. So we've done the R, the U, and the L. And so we've got the E and the R, expressing feelings and regulating them. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. 
According to Brackett and his research at Yale, two-thirds of school-age children don't feel they have a safe person at school to confide in. He contends that two-thirds, yeah. And he contends that that carries over into the home in many cases. A lot of his work is dedicated to expanding emotional intelligence in our K-12 through school systems. He's in 3,000 schools now, something like that, which is a big, big reach. That's amazing, yeah. Yeah. The question is, can we get some higher levels of emotional intelligence and what would that do to our world? It's an interesting question. Hmm. That's a big question. That's a (laughs) very big question. Yeah. So tonight we're going to talk about emotional expression, the idea that some of us are not so great at it. I'm looking at, okay, Taylor's raising her hand. (laughs) I don't, I don't necessarily feel like I'm great at this. Sometimes I feel like I'm a hodgepodge tangent. (laughs) Of expression. I think you might be actually. It's yeah, a that. great description, actually. I don't know whether to feel insulted by that or no. <laughs> I'm complimenting your great way of expressing yourself. Please, yeah. Please hold. I think that well, was pretty good. That was pretty good. So, a couple of things to think about. Can we hold while I close the uh, door so we don't hear motorcycles during the rest of this. Oh, I'm sure. sorry. Just really, really, really. Or quick like here, an ice cream truck. Please, I'm sorry. Please hold. <laughs> she always says that. It happened last week to us, and I didn't want to do it again. A couple of things I think about is this area of training where Mark Brackett's trying to make a difference, but I think basically before him and before we've kind of come to the place we are today in terms of emotional research, our only teachers were the people around us. <laughs> so that was your family, that was your friends, that was your partner you pick or partners or whatever. It's just an interesting idea that we would have no training One of the things I like about the ruler, so that's recognizing, understanding, labeling, expressing, regulating, Mm -hmm. is it's more about emotional intelligence and not only about expressing feelings. Instead of just being good at expressing feelings, something we're going to talk about, some tips that we can do in terms of of that area, but expanding the conversation to be better overall at our emotional development and expression and relationship with people. You know, what's interesting about this is, like you said earlier, whenever we're getting ready for a podcast that seems to come alive in our yeah. lives that week. And I don't know if you notice this, Tay, or, or even you, Dr. K, with your friends or people that are dating is now the new question is to ask, like, but is he or she emotionally intelligent? Like, what's their Oh, yeah. You know, it's like Uh, this thing that now we celebrate. Yeah. Like, are they able to express themselves? Like, this is a mm -hmm. thing. So this is a cool, I'm I'm excited for this episode to know how to express myself, Mm -hmm. you know, personally, but also, is there a way you can see someone's EQ, I guess? Yeah. That's a great question because Brackett has been working with the Wharton School of Business on a project where they have an actual assessment they've built to measure your EQ. Mm. They've spent millions of dollars trying to do this. And I have not got my hands on it, but I think it's an interesting thing to know is out there. But I, I the little... thing that I would say, though, is I think we say, are they emotionally intelligent? And what we mean is, do they share their feelings? Hmm. Which Brackett would say the definition is a lot bigger. Okay. It's about understanding the nuances. It's about being that scientist that's interested in discovering the emotions. It's all those things. 
And expressing is one area of five areas. The last one, just to talk about regulation a little bit, and I know the focus is expression, but we do want to mention the regulation. Regulation, it's the area that thoughts and actions that you and I take, they kind of reduce the bad stuff and help the good stuff to happen emotionally. We take actions and we think thoughts that do things to manage the emotions that we feel. So sensations in the body. The goal is if you're good at regulating, then you're able to enhance the good stuff. And if you're bad at regulating, you're going to enhance the bad stuff. Hmm. So we could think easily related to some podcasts that we've already done related to thinking and the stories, you know, how we explain events to ourselves, thinking about like growth mindset and fixed mindset. We know, for example, that how you think about your feelings affects your regulation. So if you ruminate too much on something or think negative, inappropriate thoughts and get stuck there, then you can have a problem regulating how much headliner you're going to give it. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I was thinking about was the regulating or ruminating, sorry. How much rumination we go over and over, play something over and over. Right. Okay. So combine that with some genetic tendencies. So let's say you have a gene or two that are more anxiety-based. Am I prone to that already? Mm-hmm. And then I get myself in that situation and then I don't regulate it well enough. And boy, I'm stuck. To be emotionally intelligent is not just to express your feelings. You've got to recognize what they are, be, be a scientist express it, and then also still regulate the emotional aftermath, if you will. So you can't just be a rageaholic screaming and like, look how great I am at expressing myself. We can't just have that ourselves at a 10 at all times. We have to be able to regulate. And then what you're saying is then when we do that, we'll be better at staying with the good positive versus the bad negative? Enhancing the positive and reducing the negative. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. When we're out of balance, when we're not regulating, then we have allowed the negativity to kind of overtake us. So here are a couple of the things that different researchers talk about. They talk about things related to physiology, like breathing. They talk about sleeping as a way to regulate your emotions, having healthy relationships. I mean, if you think of the other side of this, all these things keep us up. You know, when you don't (laughs) sleep, you feel have worse sleep, right? Yeah. If you don't breathe. I mean, I've had stressful situations where I found myself holding my breath and I'm like, I think I'm stressing myself out. Mm. Just, you know, because I'm so anxious or upset about this thing. Other things on the list, the things that we say to ourselves about ourselves, like I shouldn't be thinking this or feeling this. I shouldn't have done this. Mm. I shouldn't be feeling this bad or this good how we attach meaning to our lives and wait for it, our levels of forgiveness, Mm. which of course we did a series on that. Yeah, that was a big, big topic, very important. From the forgiveness research, holding on to unforgiveness is the the problem that we talk about a lot in in those episodes. The idea that that unforgiveness keeps me in that state where I'm tethered in the jail cell that I occupy, right? Right, yeah. Giving a lot of power to something else over you. Yeah. So what I know I'm going to wrestle on this topic with is, I think it is that it's going to be the regulating. It's that angst between like wanting to, in a healthy way, communicate to someone how I feel and what I need. And also sometimes just wanting to just, blah, why do I have to do this so politically correct or so, you know, whatever, X, Mm -hmm. Y, and Z, why can't I just say the thing that's happening? And why can't we just talk about it? Well, is regulating what you're talking about, like the expressing part, or is it the actual emotions you're feeling? The E and the R, so E is expressing and R is regulating. And those are the last two components of what Brackett says makes us emotionally intelligent. 
Mm-hmm. So it's not just expressing our feelings. It's regulating ourselves as emotive beings. So as kind of taking being? control and maybe changing. Like if you're constantly angry about something, then regulating that would, would mm-hmm. be to change being angry as your response. You want to change. I'm right. Going so you to... could change your thoughts. You could change your breathing. You yeah. Could change your sleep patterns, your nutrition. You know, there's a lot of things that go into that. So it's actually changing how you feel about something where not just the expression of it, right? We want to change. I don't know if it's how you feel. I think it's addressing the physical aspect and the lifestyle aspects and patterns that would affect those outcomes negatively or amplify their negativity maybe. So when you have a feeling, then you're going to change. Well, that would be the expression, right? You're not going to scream and shout and lose your cool. Well, ideally, we do both. So ideally, we express well and additionally regulate, giving space to the positive and reducing the negatives. Okay. So when we're emotionally intelligent, we have that in balance. Okay. And that's because of the ability to express. So we should talk about expressing. Yeah, I was going to say, should we do a real, like, I need to, like, feel this in real time. (laughs) Well, I, before we talk about expression, I want to make one other distinction that Adler talks about. And it's something that I talk a lot about when I lecture on this topic. There's a difference between feeling, talking, and acting. There's feeling, of course, and we've talked about the sensations in the body. There's talking about it, but acting is a different thing. And I think sometimes people feel intense emotions such that they take action sometimes that are not positive. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of us can be the I can think of of many examples from my youth (laughs) or maybe earlier today. But um, (laughs) or or be on the receiving end of somebody that doesn't know how to regulate themselves. Right. It can be painful. It can be painful. It can be regretful. Having an intense sensation or intense emotion doesn't equal the ability or right to act on that thing. Right. All the time deal with parties in these harassment cases that I mediate and people will say, I had no choice but to hit them or I had no choice but to do this thing. And what they're commenting on is that failure to distinguish between the idea of certain emotions and that their intensity and then that entitling you to a, a course of actions. So that's just my little ca- mm. caveat that I had to I, throw I in there. I think that end of what you just said is very important. If you're someone that is struggling regulating your emotions or you've experienced on the receiving end of someone that doesn't know how to regulate, mm-hmm. you said that you feel, say that again, you feel entitled to mm-hmm. like a certain set of behaviors yeah, because like, of yeah. the intensity of the feeling. And that I think is the pause that I would want, like in my own mind and in the mind of someone I'm in a relationship with is why do you think that you're entitled to that behavior? Mm-hmm. A lot of times it comes from just the intensity, but part of what we need to do to enhance our emotional intelligence is recognize that intensity doesn't equal that. It doesn't equal permission. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's something that maybe you've experienced the bad end of, like we just said, or been the person delivering that. And it's a good test for us to recognize and say, am I mixing up intensity with permission? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they don't equal each other. To In order to be emotionally intelligent, we've got to understand that distinction. I think you sort of talked about that last episode, not making decisions out of emotions. Oh, yeah. About that. Like, it's not a great time to make big decisions if you want to hit someone or not, like when you're in the (laughs) middle of the rage or the fiery burn within. Yep. Emotions can be informative and they can help you. And it's 
we don't want to suppress them by any means, but we maybe don't want to make a lot of decisions from them or yeah, with them or, leading it, right? Yeah, with them leading it is a good way to say it, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. it makes, I, I mean, I want, I'm hesitant to share because I don't want to share ugly parts of me, right? That's super mm-hmm. uncomfortable for people to hear. But a lot of this is making me think about the quick sarcastic jab to a sibling that I know mm-hmm. I've delivered. Mm-hmm. And it, the minute I say it, I know it was just to be unkind, you know, mm-hmm. and it did what didn't help us. No. It didn't help them. It was, you know, like it's, it becomes useless. It's like, it kind of, it makes me think about when we talked earlier in episodes about bickering couples, but mm-hmm. it made me think in my sibling relationships, how I've, I've said bickering things or sharp things mm-hmm. just because I felt, yeah, I have the privilege of having this relationship and I don't love the feeling, but I think like, of course, we're going to love each other after this so I can say what I want. That's terrible. <laughs> it's a terrible. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. Were you feeling like hurt or something? So you did a quick jab. Probably. Yeah. I mean, feeling I, I, I can think of a lot of examples where I've, whether it was frustrated, easily frustrated mm-hmm. or just annoyed or hurt. Yeah. Or thought something wasn't fair. And instead of having like really saying how I felt about it, doing mm-hmm. the quick, easy shot, you mm-hmm. know? And you pick your non-voluntary relationship to do it. Yeah. So remember that distinction where we (laughs) choose certain friendships or relationship partners, and then there's ones we don't choose that we just get, like family. Mm -hmm. So we call that Mm non-voluntary. And for some reason, and I'm like you, but for some reason, we have lower standards in our non-voluntary relationships where we might never say something like that to anyone else. Like you would never say that to a friend Mm -hmm. because they might not be friends with you anymore. But your brother or your sister or whoever is going to be around and they'll just have to deal with it because it's family. I I get away with a lot more. It doesn't mean it's responsible, but it is what we say to ourselves. No, and and it, I think it feels worse because those are the people that I love the most. Yeah. I mean, you love us, but yeah. <laughs> I definitely love you guys. <laughs> okay, so Aristotle has this quote. This is kind of interesting. I found this quote. I've never heard this before. This is according to Aristotle. Anyone can become angry. That's easy. But to be angry with the right person to the right degree at the right time for the right purpose in the right way, that's not easy. I think that we think of anger as such a negative thing, but it can be really powerful and important too. Mm-hmm. And I like his distinction of choosing the right person and time to express that. Right degree, right, right time, degree. right purpose, right way. Yeah, That's probably our first stop in expressing emotion. And we've talked about this a little bit. And that is, is this the place? Is this mm. the time to give this expression? And we've certainly all done it the wrong way. <laughs> Guilty. Where we have expressed things where we thought that should probably not have been said. So that means we'll probably have to do a different episode on things that you can't take back. So mm. maybe we'll make that our next episode, right? But oh, no. yeah, you can't put it back in. <laughs> so do we start with the goal, what we want to achieve? Oh, that's the, good. I don't know. I feel No, like but when- I think the relationship goal is a really good place to start. Because mm-hmm. that guides some of those questions to the right degree is this the right person? Is this the right time, right place for the right purpose? Because mm-hmm. purpose is the relationship question. Will this make this relationship better or worse? Mm. I mean, it's a pretty simple set of questions, but I think it is a good set. That's good. I like that. Sorry. Will will this make this relationship better or worse? Saying this thing when I express Ooh. these emotions. 
Mm-hmm. Hmm. So what will it do? And that's, of course, what I love the most, as you guys know. I love to think about what speech does. Ooh, me and too. so that's, that's my favorite thing. Yeah. We've talked about context as we're trying to improve our emotional expression. Is this the right time and place, right person? We mix up all of that. We blame sure. the wrong person. We have it in the wrong place. We, <laughs> for the wrong reason. So there, that's kind of like check yourself globally. One of the other things that comes up that I, I find interesting is that some of us haven't developed the ability to have confidence in our feeling expression. So we modify it so that it doesn't seem as big. Mm. So we say, mm-hmm. I feel a little tired mm-hmm. <laughs> or I feel sort of confused or I'm pretty excited. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the kind of qualifiers almost. Yeah. We talked about that before. We have. Why did you groan, Meredith? I think I'm guilty. I'm guilty. Did I just do it? I'm guilty. I'm a little guilty. (laughs) She said, I think I'm guilty. I think I'm guilty. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, you did do it. Yeah, yeah. I have done this before, yes. I also also am sorry, but I'm human, and I'm thinking of people that have done Mm -hmm. this toward me, and it's just frustrating. Yeah. I'm like, just tell me, mm-hmm. why is it always maybe this you think that? And then it makes me realize, wow, I'm, I'm doing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Funny. So avoid things that are confusing. We kind of are cutting down our message essentially by doing yes, that. Right? Absolutely. So you have this ability to say, I'm mad or I'm excited or I'm thrilled or whatever that feeling you're trying to say. And then you cut the legs off and say, I'm a little thrilled about this. <laughs> Probably bad combination. I'm a little annoyed. I'm a little annoyed for sure. That's a good one. Uh, Instead of saying a more accurate, which would be, I feel irritated, mm-hmm. which is a little annoyed. Do we do this? I would assume more with negative emotions because we don't want to, maybe there's a negative connotation to having negative mm-hmm. emotions. I, I still feel I like people say I'm pretty excited or I'm, oh, oh yeah. Or I'm, I'm getting excited, which sounds, you're not committing. Because <laughs> to me, I feel like all of it is a lack of commitment. It's like, I don't want to really commit to it because if I commit to it, then I'm all out there naked for everyone to see, right? Vulnerable. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So you got to put pretty or little. And so the, the, one of the first tips in getting our emotional expression to be in a better place is to drop those terms. We're not a little, we're not pretty, we're not, you, you, we're putting it out sort there. Sort of. Okay. Sort of. I'm mm-hmm. getting sort of mad. <laughs> and Are there any other confusing phrases to avoid? Oh, for sure. So one of the things that I was thinking about in preparing for this are those people that give you a complex veiled message that for is supposed phrase, to communicate something, yeah. but it's too complicated in its execution for you to maybe even feel. So you have somebody who says... Well, if you're not doing anything this weekend, you could drop by instead of saying, I feel alone or I feel lonely. And the miscommunication, I would take that as like, oh, they don't actually want to see me. So you'd have a whole miscommunication thing happen all the time, I feel like, when you do those. First of all, the person's not together with the R-U-L yet because they're not even recognizing, understanding, labeling, right? Okay. So they already are in trouble there. 
And then the feeling expression is now disabled because of that missing the R, the U, and the L. And now the other party doesn't know what that means. It's so, so not, confusing. Yeah. It's like oh, you'll drop by or you could drop by if you're not, if you're around. And that's like, am I dropping by? Did you want that? Was there a time for that? Yeah. Mm. I would just say no to that person because I'm not going to, I, it feels like a lack of commitment to me. It oh, feels it's, like you're, it feels it totally like you're not really interested anyway. I think people that don't have the the rule part, whatever. It, yeah. Part of this, there's, there is that for sure. I think this is a huge one with like insecure relationships, mm -hmm. whether that's a romantic one or not. But yeah, it's like, oh, I, hate oh, I got a story so that much. I haven't thought of in a million years. When my husband, well, my boyfriend slash acquaintance in college that became my husband, Oh, um, asked me out. I didn't know he asked me out. It was so roundabout. <laughs> I had no idea that we were Wait, going on a date. I got to hear this. Okay. So here's what happened. So he said, maybe we should hang out on Saturday night. Maybe I'm busy. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I, I was like, I don't know really what that means entirely. This guy seems kind of great. So I'm going to hang out. So I'll just hang out. So a few days later, I'm walking through the student union at the university uh -huh. and he comes up and says, we have to plan our date for Saturday. <laughs> and my roommates like you have a date after he goes, you know, my roommate turns to me like we're roommates. You should be telling me like this is a detail <laughs> that should have been shared days ago. Like that should yeah. that should have been top priority for you to come and report back immediately. And I said, <laughs> I didn't know if it was a date because it was so roundabout that wow. I was like, we're hanging out. I don't know. <laughs> See, my, my, my first date with my now husband is the exact opposite of that. He said, He's, I want to marry you. No, he said, <laughs> we should, he said, yeah. we, I said something, he said something like, Oh, it'd be nice. We know we should get together sometime. And I just said, what are you doing tomorrow? <laughs> I don't know. It's like, wait, like, so he was vague, but you were straight. Yeah. You pressed the, you pressed yeah. the specificity. Oh yeah. I think I, yeah, it's funny. And I think, I think I, at that point I was tired. I was like, either I'm going to be direct and you're going to take it or you're going to leave it. You know, I'm tired of this. <laughs> well, I did not do this. And I didn't know for a couple of days that we were going on a date. That is too funny. But now we're married like 30 something years. So, so whatever, it worked out. Dating. It worked out. It worked out. Oh, I just, this one gets so under my skin. Like when I hear, when I hear you say this, well, if maybe you could, if but it's hard. It. It's hard to say, I feel lonely. Will you come visit me? That's a hard thing to say. Mm -hmm. Well, I doesn't even mean I feel, why do you even have to say that? I mean, I guess you could, or you could say, I want to spend time with you. Well, context is going to matter here for sure. So if you have a close relationship, can it handle the directness of that emotional expression? And that's of course a question relating to the Aristotle quote saying, is this the right time, right person, right place? So, yeah, you know, doesn't meet all those demands, right? I feel frustrated. What what do you what relationship can't take I want to spend time with you? If someone can't respond to you in that, what are you having a relationship with them for? I, I mean I think a stranger would be taken aback by that. What 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 strangers? Well, yeah. What I'm saying the relationship can't handle it. I maybe you're yeah. thinking of relationships that can, but some relationships can't handle you saying I'm angry. Mm-hmm. I was thinking more like a grandparent okay. or a parent saying, I want more time with you. I don't, I don't get enough time with you. I miss you. I feel lonely. I have definitely heard that from people. Mm -hmm. 
especially in college when you're so busy and working jobs and like doing a million things. Right. We should hang out Saturday night. <laughs> How are you supposed to know what that means? It means 30 something years of marriage, almost 33 and a couple of kids. And yeah, it's a very dangerous statement. Wow. <laughs> Made me think of Ralph saying, I think you should let me kiss you now. <laughs> That's how we had our first kiss. I'm like, that uh, was, that was, wait, what? Okay. I think you should let, yeah. So like you let me kiss you. perspective taking slash asking permission indirectly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So like but then answering the question for but you. shooting on you at the same time. <laughs> oh my. Oh no. Did he finally get some negative points on here? Can't always win. <laughs> Is that Ralph's ne- like first negative point in what seven years? I don't think it was that negative. I, I got my first think- kiss because of Meredith. She handed me a Hershey kiss as I was leaving her house, and she said, "Go give this to him." And then he said what he said. Oh and well, we there kissed. you go. You're welcome. <laughs> I don't, I don't believe I knew that story. Thanks, Mary. Always, always got my back. <laughs> yeah, they've been hanging out. She was. I was taking it slow. I was going to say something really crude. I I won't. (laughs) Is this a family-friendly podcast? I mean, we have. I can tell my friend wasn't putting out, and I was trying to help a guy out. You know what I mean? That's all. (laughs) Oh, that wasn't explicit. I I knew he was a keeper. I mean, come on, look at him. He's cute. I was taking my time. That's That's really funny. Okay, so so far, yeah. What else do we have? So so far, we have. The context, understanding the context. Yes. Take us back. We have stopping using confusing words, stop using confusing words that minimize or retract the feeling that we could be actually putting out there. So get rid of those minimizing kind of phrases and certainly get rid of the overly vague phrasing where it's not distinguishable. What does that mean when we get these vague things about dropping by or hanging out on a Saturday night? And then the next stop is to consider having multiple terms to describe your emotions versus just singular. Okay. Multiple ways of saying how you feel. No, I think using multiple labels to, because I don't think emotions are like, okay, this is sadness. It's only sadness. It could be disappointment too. Okay. Mm -hmm. It could be frustration too. Mm -hmm. It could be devastation too. One of the tendencies that you and I have is to just pick one word. And say, okay, I'm mad, or I'm sad, or I'm happy about this, or excited. And the challenge would be to say, could you pick a couple other words to reveal that to the people you care about so that they knew more about you in that moment? Okay. It's not so much that I'm just sad, I'm also actually devastated. Mm. The advice bracket says is add to that initial term multiple other terms to try to identify mixed feelings that we have. Our feelings aren't entirely one thing or the other. Sure. It's a mixed bag. Can we try this? Sure. How are you feeling, Meredith? I'm always going to say I'm a little. (laughs) I felt it. That was funny. Okay. Don't say that. How are you feeling, Meredith? I'm tired today. Another way and how that? does that feel? Like I'm either frustrated with myself because I didn't manage my time well enough to finish all the things I wanted to do, or I'm just doing a lot. And so I just need to rest. So you, you feel overwhelmed as well? Yeah. 
No, you I gotta don't get, think I feel So both like, those phrases, I don't think were emotional expressions. No? Okay, yeah. I that think, well. I think they, like you got it, Taylor, to say, oh, so that, does that equal I feel overwhelmed? I wouldn't say overwhelmed. That's too large of the emotion. I'm not there yet. Or out of balance? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Ineffective? No. But you, you, you see the point I like, here. Yeah, I like that the, the asking, though, that's helpful in the relationship. Like, mm-hmm. is this what I'm hearing? Like, the, mm-hmm. the options, you know, like, mm-hmm. help me feel like, no, no, it's not. I'm not overwhelmed. Like, that's that's a huge. I've been overwhelmed before. Yeah. That feeling. I'm not there. Right. But I'm, you could have been. If I don't give time for myself to rest, I could see myself getting mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. This is an interesting thing that we've done back and forth, which is one way to do this is to help the people we care about by talking them through their labels. Yeah. And saying, you label it one way, is it this other thing? But to your point, Meredith, we have to be careful how we do that. Because mm-hmm. Taylor could say, I'm irritated. And I could say, oh my gosh, are you devastated? And she'll be like, that's weird. Like that was way overblown or overwhelmed, you know, like too big of a word, but sometimes the too big of a word is, is where we are, you know, that, that actually is the clarifier. So the key is to sort of get that initial read or temperature and kind of match something with it. How are Mm. you feeling, Taylor? Mm. I feel bad at expressing feelings. (laughs) Which are her it's thoughts? Feelings. That's her thoughts. So, uh, okay. you feel. I so, I'm going to help you. Okay. Inadequate. I feel inadequate. I feel hopeful. Oh. I feel. Is inquisitive a feeling? I feel inquisitive. I want to. Curious. I, what would? Maybe? Yeah. I want to learn more. What is that feeling? I feel. So curious, hopeful, curious, and inadequate. Hopeful. Inadequate. Yeah. Okay, but you can see how putting the words together really gives us a much more nuanced impression of the feeling. That's just beautiful right there. You're not watching my cat. It's, it's nice program. to have, <laughs> it's nice to have people help you along. But if you're one of those kids who you don't have anyone at school and you don't have anyone mm-hmm. at home, you know, how do you learn this? It's, mm-hmm. Dude, it's hard. <laughs> it's just an area that people have largely ignored, honestly. I mean, it's how yeah. we start, started this conversation. So another way to kind of think about it is to, say, okay, would there be a formula that I could use to express my feelings? So is there a way, sometimes we do plugins because we've talked about expanding the labeling and I think that's really good for multiple feelings. So let's talk about the XYZ formula that we get from Hawker and Wilmot. Okay. You've talked about this before, right? I'm not crazy. I really don't know. Okay. I'm sure I've talked about it with you somewhere along this. Yeah. I feel like I've tried to practice this. Okay. Help us. Help us. Okay. So XYZ. So when you do X in situation Y, I feel Z. Okay. When you do So X. when your cat walks behind you, oh, when we're doing a podcast, I feel happy. <laughs> Glad, I was like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was, I was going to say like chuckly, like, you know, it's like, yeah. it's like, ha ha. Like it's yeah. a little bit funny. So, so it's not saying you make me feel. No, that's a great distinction. It is yeah, not doing that's that. That's really good. It is not doing that. But we would also observe that when I say I feel lonesome or I feel alone or I feel happy, we still don't, aren't giving a lot of information. So this is a way to expand the understanding of the person who's the recipient. So again, we go back to what does speech do? My favorite place. So we use X, Y, Z to say it. So when you laugh, 
when I'm telling you a serious problem, mm-hmm. I feel disrespected. Yeah. Instead of saying, I'm mad at you, which is what too many of us do. Too many, too many times we just do the end. You're annoying me. <laughs> so I, an easy, okay. a way for me to break this X, Y, Z down is when you do X behavior, mm-hmm. when I do X behavior, I feel this. Well, in this situation is the middle part. When you, when you, when I, during this, I feel, I feel. So it's when you interrupt me, when I'm telling you about work, I feel ignored. Mm -hmm. Oh, I just had this one with Tommy. I picked up the phone when he was talking. I shouldn't say just, I've done it a couple of times and he he, he did this on me. (laughs) It's like, when when you you pick up the phone, when I'm talking, I, it was like, I don't feel like I'm important. Like what I have to say mm. important to you, mm. you know? So I Tommy doesn't have to hurt. listen to the podcast anymore. Yeah. All star. Better than me. That's for sure. He's got it. <laughs> so I think that's a, that's a, actually an interesting place to start. If I just come up to a partner and say, Hey, you make me so mad. Mm-hmm. It's not super helpful because it's like, when, how? Yeah. And so part of what's great about the XYZ formula is it narrows it down to a manageable place. When you pick up my phone, when I'm trying to have a conversation, I feel unimportant or whatever that thing. So it's not like you always make me feel important. Why are you so stupid? Why are you whatever? Why is your dog in the background? We have another animal in the background. (laughs) Sorry. So what is it like a farm over there? It's a very small farm. (laughs) Two. So when your dog, (laughs) when your dog interrupts our podcast, and you laugh at that, I feel excited. <laughs> okay, good. I like that. That's a very practical. Yeah. And I, I could see you being very snarky with it, but I would hope that you take it and use it because what's the goal? Like, what do I want? Do I want to piss them off? Or do I yeah. want to Oh, you actually, can be snarky with any yeah. of these tools. Or how oh, yeah. or do I actually want to have better communication mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. further this relationship in a positive way? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, the good part about putting it in this kind of confined context is it removes the always tendency we have. Mm, Why do you always interrupt me? Yeah, you always Why do you always make faces? Why are you always grabbing my phone and not your phone or whatever? So if I say this happens in situation X, I'm not saying it happens in every situation. I'm just saying it happens in this situation. I was going to say this type of phrasing seems for me – if I were to receive this and when I did, when Tommy said that example to me, it reduced the feeling of needing to defend myself. Hmm. And I don't know if anyone is out there similar to me, but it feels bad when you do something that is upsetting to someone else. And so you kind of naturally go and it's more like defensive thing. So when yeah. I hear people tell me you always, I'm so quick to want to defend myself yeah. because mm-hmm. that's a hard place to be put in. But if mm-hmm. someone says to me when, you know, when X in the situation, Y, I feel this, why do you, how can you not validate how someone feels? I mean, you still might not like it, but yeah, it's at least like qualified. It. It's at least qualified, but I get you. I, I love that connection to defensiveness. Yeah. Because when someone says, why are you always so rude? It's pretty tough not to get yeah. worked up over that. 
Yeah, you could say, why don't you care what I think or what I'm saying? I'm like, whoa, I really care. Like, what did I do to communicate that? Oh, I picked up the phone. I'm mm -hmm. so sorry. I'll not do that again. Mm -hmm. I like yeah. that in there. Yeah. The challenge is for us to not be lazy. Mm. To, it's easier to just say, why are you so rude? You know, that's just, it's so lazy, but it's, it is easier. Yeah. But it goes to the goals. And so we return to a theme that we started this podcast with, trading comfort for growth. Mm -hmm. And this is a great area to do it, to say, am I going to challenge myself to go the extra mile and put the XYZ together instead of just announcing something judgmental that's going to produce defensiveness? Hmm. And will I challenge myself to actually think through what those things are and decipher my feeling? All those things have to be worked out on my end before I even speak. So I guess I'm saying think before you speak, which is kind of a crazy notion. <laughs> Can't I feel be like I've talked too poorly of, about myself this week. So Taylor, it's your turn. <laughs> Here's all the ways I suck. Oh, Taylor. Wow. <laughs> Um, I could tell you how uh, going through these emotion learning, if I am good at this or not, it's uh, pretty evident when you have a conversation with an angry three-year-old that I am not good at it. So uh, I'm trying to help him learn emotions and express mm -hmm. that. And so, yeah, Mary, I, this is a daily, <laughs> this is a daily struggle, a daily highlighted reminder, flashing signs. Yeah. Taylor, you're not good at this. Oh. Let's, uh, let's keep learning. So let's think about that related to shame though, because you're talking mm -hmm. about parenting. And I think this is a real, you're onto something really important here. If I use XYZ with a child, mm. I am now, I ideally reducing the chance of getting a defensive response and I'm trading them that some things are context specific. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't mean all the things. You're not a bad child. Yes. And so I've done this week's done like when little boys don't listen to me because they also say don't like specifically make them a bad person. So just in this room, if there are any little boys, when little boys don't <laughs> listen to mom, it makes mom very frustrated. Huh. That's interesting. I have not heard that. The third person phrasing. Mm -hmm. And yeah, where did where did you get that one from? That's probably from this other parenting book. I have like ten open. A uh, hunt gather parent, <laughs> which looks okay. at indigenous tribes, and they have a little different approach mm -hmm. to parenting, maybe than our Western mm -hmm. thoughts. So, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, Ooh, interesting. <laughs> I I think it's from that one. I I am not actually sure, but that's one we've been trying to trying to express my own emotions without Why? judgment or like shaming or or any of that so when meredith when your cat goes in front of you on the podcast <laughs> i feel I'm, amused i feel ashamed <laughs> taylor I'm was trying to get on something I'm, here i'm entertained i know i'm trying i'm trying to listen pat when you <laughs> jump in front of my face I feel disrespected. <laughs> I think we got it. Nailed it. I think we did nail it. So here's the challenge. The challenge is to think about the different strategies. Try one or two. I don't think you can do them all. I'll try yeah. XYZ. I like that. So XYZ, sharing multiple words to try to reveal the, the complex nuances of an emotional sensation. Getting rid of the minimizers. Figuring out, mm -hmm. does the context support this message? 
Does the con does does can you can you dumb that one down for me? So is this the right place, right time, right person, right yeah. speed, right intensity? Aristotle. That part? Okay. Got it. The okay. Aristotle method. We got this. <laughs> so that's the this. challenge. That's a challenge yeah. for everybody. Pick a couple of strategies and try to do it. Yeah. Here's why. Make your relationships better. Mm-hmm. And I think as you and I express our emotions better, then we can help the people that we love love us better. And I think as we increase our ability to express our emotions and mm-hmm. become better, we'll also become more acquainted with it, which leads us to that last part of ruler. It helps our regulation. Yeah. And in a world that's very, very stressful all the time, regulation is a big deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This, I think yeah. this is going to be huge. To you. I think using these tools will see a difference in our relationships. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. I think that's so a- too. Good job, team. Once again, thank you for joining us today. Please remember to rate, share, and subscribe to our podcast. And thank you for listening to Asking for a Friend. Let us know what you thought of the episode. Our email is hello at afafpodcast.com. This show is for educational purposes only and is copyrighted. Written permission must be granted before syndication or rebroadcasting. Thanks for listening to Asking for a Friend with Talk Talk.